You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. How many people do you know who are choosing to have kids? Whatever your answer is, it's less than it used to be a few years ago, which was less than it was a few years before that, and you get the idea. In fact, you can go right back to the very first time we decided to figure out how many children the average Canadian woman was having. And it's lower. Canada's fertility rate hit a new low in 2022. This is a report from Statistics Canada. Shows the total fertility rate dropped to a new record low of 1.33 children per woman. 1.33 children per woman. That is more than some countries, but not many. And it shows no signs of increasing anytime soon. So why aren't more Canadians having more babies? Why has this simple statistic, sometimes known as a birth rate, become so polarizing? What are the long-term ramifications here? And if we want this number to rise, what do we need to do? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Don Kerr is a demographer who teaches at King's University College at Western University. For almost a decade, he worked in the demography division at Statistics Canada. Hey, Don. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing really well. Thank you for finding some time for us. Happy to. I want to start with uh, the actual stat we're going to talk about today. When we talk about a country's fertility rate, what do we actually mean? What is the term? How do we calculate it? Yeah, there's there's various uh, indicators that demographers work with in this context. The most commonly heard about is the birth rate, which is nothing but the total number of births relative to the population size. But that's not particularly useful or uh, informative when you get right down to it. The total fertility rate, on the other hand, gives us more information. The most recent data was from 2022. That's what Stats Canada released the other day. Mm -hmm. And what it more or less tells us that is that if women continue to behave uh, much like they did in uh, 2022 in terms of childbearing, then over their lifetime, they would have about 1.3 kids. That's really low, really, really low. It's never been so low. And it's way below what uh, demographers refer to as replacement fertility, which is slightly greater than two births, right? Because you need one birth to replace the father and one birth to replace the mother, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, very, very low fertility. It's It's not necessarily telling us for sure what fertility outcomes will be over longer term in terms of completed fertility. That would be a forecast, right? But still, it gives us a sense as to women in Canada right now don't seem to be having many kids. When you look at that number, um, I guess the first thing I'll just ask you is, how does that relate to global trends? Uh, is this uh, seen all over? Or are we unique? Oh, well, that's one thing about Stats Canada's uh, report. They actually compared us to several other countries around the world. We're at an all-time low in Canada. Uh, it's true of many countries in Europe. It's true in the U.S. Well, actually, they fell to an all-time low in the U.S., uh, couple of years ago, it's only slightly rebounded in the U.S. Most recently, they're at about 1.68 births per woman, which is very low by American standards, right? So yeah, it's happening across several countries, some countries with much lower fertility than Canada and some countries, their fertility rates still remaining relatively robust. 
right? But we're amongst that small club of countries now that has very ultra-low fertility. What do we know about how we got to this point? We can talk about the causes in a minute, but I'm just talking about like how we ended up here. Was it a gradual decline over decades? Did we see sudden drop-off points? Like what happened? It's interesting if we look at what's happening in Canada, right? Because we're at an all-time low nationally. It's, it's also true right across the country. We're at an all-time low in eight of 10 provinces. We're at an all-time low across the north as well. I mean, it's been steadily declining. Actually, since about 2009, our birth rate's been steadily falling. I mean, we've never been in this, in this territory of ultra-low fertility before. During the height of the baby boom, back around 1959, 1960, in Canada, women were having, on average, about four kids, right? Right. It dropped quite noticeably, quite rapidly, through to the mid-70s. It sort of stabilized at about 1.8, stayed there for quite a while, for several decades. And then most recently, since about 2009, it sort of been steadily declining. The question I ask, and, and many people might be concerned with, is whether or not that downward trajectory is going to continue. Right? It could, because there are countries in the world today that have ultra-low fertility, really, really low fertility. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of the fact, but in South Korea now, the birth rate's fallen below one. It's down at about 0.78 births per woman. In China now, of all places, nobody saw this coming. The birth rate has plummeted. It's really low now. It's, it's at about one point. One births in China. Wow. Some people might consider that a good news story, though what was the largest population in the world? India just recently surpassed China, by the way. You know, it's it's its population, because of this ultra-low fertility, is actually starting to shrink. It's starting to decline. And that's true of Japan as well, right? In Japan, their population peaked at about 130 million and it's been declining for over a decade now. It's down at about 120 million. The UN forecasts that if things don't change soon in, in uh, Japan, they could see their population one half of what it is now by, by the latter part of the current century, right? So, I mean, <laughs> these are some dramatic uh, demographic trends for sure. Okay, well, I have um, what is maybe a loaded question. I'm not sure, but is a lower fertility rate necessarily bad? Because there's a lot of uh, arguments out here that would say in, uh, in the coming climate crisis, we've got too many people using too many resources. I don't consider that a, a loaded question at all. I consider it a more, more than reasonable question to ask, right? I mean, it depends on your perspective. If we look at the situation globally, we just recently surpassed 8 billion people. And we're continuing to grow. Our, our growth rate globally is still close to 1%. It's down at around 0.9% a year. And the UN actually forecasts, they have different scenarios, but according to perhaps their most reasonable um, forecast, they're projecting that we're going to have an additional 2 billion at least before our global population stabilizes. So a lot of people are concerned about that. Ultimately, if you think about it on a global scale, uh, the only way we can stabilize our population is through below replacement fertility, right? And we're headed in that direction quite quickly, in fact. Mm -hmm. And global population should stabilize and start declining sometime later this, this century. So, I mean, we can't grow indefinitely, right? It's just not sustainable to have a population of 12 billion, 15 billion, 20 billion. We have to stabilize eventually. And by re reducing work fertility, that's a lot better than the alternative of 
really high mortality, right? Right. That'd be the only other way if our population was stabilized. What about a country like Canada, though, uh, which theoretically has room for uh, lots more people? What does it mean to us? Not necessarily on a global level, but is it a bad thing for Canada to have a fertility rate declining below replacement level? I guess it depends on your perspective and where your priorities are to a certain extent. One thing we know about Canada right now, it's a strange situation. <laughs> for a demographer, it's a, it's a strange situation. We now have an all-time low in terms of our birth rate. It's really low, never been so low. At the same time, our population growth is very robust, mm -hmm. right? In 2023, our population grew by 3% by 1.2 million people. That is very rapid growth, okay? And 95% of that was international migration, right? A very small percent was what demographers referred to as natural increase, the difference between births and deaths. So Canada is a country of immigration. It always has been a country of immigration. Right now, one of our greatest challenges is trying to accommodate that growth. Many people would suggest that's, you know, that's high by historical standards, right? Typically, our population has been growing at around 1% a year, then most recently, 3%. Typically, about 400,000 a year, most recently, 1.2 million, right? So there are challenges there. Mm -hmm. For that reason, I don't think that many people are, are overly concerned about this very low birth rate. Some people are, though, right? For sure, because there are consequences of very low fertility. Immigration helps to a certain extent. Our population would certainly have aged quite a bit more so than it, it has if it weren't for our very high immigration targets, which has historically always been true in Canada. But our population will age all the same, particularly if we continue this trajectory towards very low fertility. If our fertility rate were to fall below one in Canada, our population would age more so than forecasted, right? Which is already uh, a pretty dire forecast, as I understand it. Well, it's not too bad, you know, like, I mean, uh, stats can, you look through to 2035 or something, according to their various scenarios, they're putting us at about 24% over the age of 65, right? There are countries that have a much higher percentage than that. Uh, Japan already has 27, 28% of their population over the age of 65. I could double check that. It might be even slightly higher than that, approaching 30%. Hmm. So, I mean, Canada's going to age. But the interesting thing about Stats Canada's forecasts and projections is that their low growth scenario put the fertility rate as declining slowly to about 1.5 over the next several decades. We're already down at around 1.3. Nobody was expecting this amongst demographers. It's actually quite lower than most people were expecting. It could rebound, right? Because right. of the data from 2022. And uh, things have improved somewhat since 2022. So what do we know about uh, what's causing it? How hard is that to figure out and what are the answers? Over the longer term, it's, it's related to all sorts of things. Our society has become more secularized. Religion is not nearly as important as it used to be. And of course, our religious institutions were always highly pronatalist, right? The status of women has shifted quite dramatically. The labor force participation of women has increased quite dramatically, such that women and men are almost equally likely to be employed full-time right now. Certain things we know is that it's a trend that's characterized Canada for several decades now. Young adults are continuing to sort of delay what demographers would call fundamental life cycle transitions. In other words, 
they're finishing school. Um, most are going on to university or college. They're finishing school well into their 20s. Many of them are, not all, of course. This is a dramatic change between my generation, I'm a baby boomer, and young people today. They're not moving out. They're staying at home well into their 20s, even into their latter 20s, right? So they're delaying moving out and forming their own household. So I also, um, I will tell you, I also host a personal finance podcast. Um, and uh, I can tell you the reasons for that. Like, it's no secret that it's become almost uh, unaffordable to move out, secure a home, and then still have enough money left over to think about having a baby. Well, that's, I think that's a big part of what's behind the most recent decline. I mean, I'm just looking at what's happened most recently to the uh, price of housing in this country. Over the last couple of years, several years, it's gone through the roof across many cities and regions, even in rural areas in Canada, it's gone through the roof relative to what people were used to. The price of rent in many of our cities, uh, the cities that are growing quite rapidly, it's just unaffordable. Mm -hmm. So you're a, a young couple and you're in your latter 20s and you have a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto or you know Vancouver or Montreal or whatnot, one of the more expensive cities, and uh, you want to have kids, you got to find yourself a two-bedroom apartment at least. And uh, over the last couple of years, rents have gone up dramatically. So I think that has to be relevant to this very low fertility. That's why you can be somewhat concerned that this might be with us for some time. What could we do uh, if we were to make it a priority to get these rates moving up? Uh, to what you just said, is it, is it a matter of uh, getting more money into the hands of young people or finding ways to lower the cost of housing, which we've been trying to do quite unsuccessfully so far? That's a big challenge right there, right? Just, just the price of housing. Again, when our population is growing at close to a million people a year, you look at the number of housing starts. Last I looked, it was at about 350,000. And that's up from where it was over a few years back. But still, it's not even keeping up to where we're at in terms of population growth. So there's going to be uh, pressures there for some time in terms of the price of housing. So that's a big one. Good economic times, uh, you tend to see higher fertility, uh, at least over recent decades. You know, it's interesting to see that Alberta actually has a higher than average fertility, as does the province of Quebec for different reasons. So perhaps in Alberta, the economic conditions for young adults are perhaps better than other parts of Canada. Like if you look at the average income of young adults, it's quite a bit higher than most other provinces. The unemployment rate is quite low. Now, it's interesting, they don't even have a sales tax in that province. So, I mean, it makes things easier for young adults to just sort of establish themselves economically there. Good economic conditions. In Quebec, on the other hand, uh, they've always had this long history of sort of being uh, pronatalist, encouraging family life, uh, subsidizing young families. They have a, perhaps one would call a slightly more progressive taxation system. But what's really noteworthy is um, their childcare program, which is now being introduced across the country, but they've had it for a long time, which has heavily subsidized the cost of raising kids. And in Quebec, the fertility rate, it's down. They're not at an all-time low but it's still higher than other parts of Canada. So, I mean, there are certain things that government can do to sort of support it or at least to keep it from falling further. I wonder what you think about, as somebody who studies uh, the numbers for the numbers' sake alone, 
of the way fertility rate and birth rate have become uh, politicized, I think, more than I can ever remember seeing it in uh, in recent years. Uh, have you noticed any of that in your work? Uh, it's certainly a discussion among political forums on the internet, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it has to do with how it ties into immigration. But I'd love to hear what you think about that. That's an interesting issue. I guess it depends on where you're tied in and on the internet, right? Like, I, I do think it's most recently in the U.S. they're paying attention. The U.S. has historically had a much higher fertility rate than even Canada. It was up around replacement until relatively recent. And so they're at an all-time low. In the U.S., it's become a bit more politicized, right? You know, it's interesting. There was a speech made by um, former VP uh, Mike Pence, who's noted for his rather conservative views on family life, and he's a quite a religious guy, you know, a fundamentalist in that regard. And he's talking about the demise of the family in the United States as a, a terrible tragedy. And the most clear evidence of that is that Americans don't want to have kids mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. In that same speech, he talked about the victory associated with Roe versus Wade, right, as being a big victory. You know, which is concerning for many women who are concerned with reproductive rights. Right. In Canada, I honestly have not seen it to the same extent. Mm -hmm. I'm actually glad that we're paying attention because I do think it does have consequences. But in Canada, it's just this attitude. I think people look at our rapid rate of population growth and they're not as concerned. How much of this decline in fertility could we attribute to... Something I'll call for a better, lack of a better term, like existential dread. We are staring down a climate crisis. You mentioned the affordability crisis. There are multiple wars going on in the world right now. There's the possibility of a Trump re-election. I've heard from people that, like, I don't feel like I want to bring kids into this world the way it is right now because I'm afraid for the future. And so I guess, what do you think about that? And also... Has that happened before? Because it must have happened before. Let me ask you a question. Do you have kids? <laughs> I have a daughter. Yes, I have a daughter. Oh, you decided on only one? Just one. Yep, exactly. So we're we're dragging it down. Well, you're pretty close to the average, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. But having said that, um, yeah, I, I, I see it as well. And, you know, it's, it's been a rough couple of years. You didn't name the COVID pandemic in there as well. Right. It's interesting that I, I talk to my students about these sorts of issues. And there was a time in which they would be debating how many kids they want to have, whether they want to have a large family or a small family. And now it's increasingly become a question of whether or not you want to have kids, period. And you hear these sorts of things. You know, they're concerned about what's happening in terms of climate change and the, you know, the political uncertainty around the world and so on and so forth. I think public opinion surveying or, or efforts to survey the attitudes of young people have sort of sort of captured a an increased pessimism as of late, mm-hmm. which might have an impact on their childbearing. Clearly, we've had a cultural shift. It's not only economics, that's, that's for sure. The last thing I guess I'll ask you is, what does a country look like in which uh, this doesn't come back up and this is more of a continual decline? What does that ultimately leave us with? Many people think of this very low fertility, below replacement fertility as meaning that we're on the edge of population decline, sort of an implosion. That's not likely to happen in Canada, right? Because Canada's always been a country of immigration. And I think most Canadians are quite supportive of immigration policy. Some might be thinking that it's a bit high as of late, but they're kind of committed to the idea that Canada is a country of immigration. 
we're going to probably maintain our labor force to a certain extent and our population growth through immigration indefinitely, right? So our population will continue to decline. No question about it. I mentioned before our population could perhaps age more rapidly than it would have yet had you know, fertility remained at about 1.7 or whatnot. There's no question about that. Our population will be older 20, 30 years down the road because the kids not being born today are not going to be entering into the labor force 20 years from now. But having said all that, there's something actually more fundamental there. I mean, I, I'm a baby boomer, so I have lots of brothers and sisters and I have tons of cousins, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a large family reunion every once in a while, right? So there you go. Um, having said that, you know, our family networks are clearly going to get smaller. You might have a sibling, you might not. You might have grandchildren. I'm not likely to have grandchildren. My kids are not interested, apparently, right? I mean, our family networks are going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, which has consequences. It's mm. something we should be thinking about because our family networks have historically been rather important, you know, in providing both uh, economic support sometimes and also in terms of just helping people on a day-to-day basis get through life. It's particularly important as we grow older, right? Mm -hmm. Because people often rely upon their children or their grandchildren to keep them connected. Uh, And so we're gonna have to look for replacements for that. John, thank you so much for this. I'm glad we ended on that note because it's a really uh, important part of the discussion. I really appreciate you finding time for us. Take care. John Kerr from King's University College at Western University. That was The Big Story. For more, you can head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. You can feel free to let us know what you think of Canada's low birth rates or our coverage of it. We read every email and listen to every voicemail. To get in touch with us, email hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca or call 416-935-5935 and let us know what you think. You can find this podcast in every single podcast player and on every single smart speaker. Just ask it to play the big story podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.